Shalom and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. <laughs> We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. And now for our happy ocean news. This is coming from our good friends at Only One. Only One. Only One. Um, Australia's humpback populations are rebounding. Yay! I love humpbacks. I love humpbacks. They're precious. Precious babies. Good for them. Yeah. So a citizen science migration census conducted by the Organization for the Rescue and Research of Cetaceans, also called ORCA, O-R-R-C-A, reported... (laughs) 5,116 humpbacks off of Eastern Australia's, off of Eastern Australia. That's a 57% annual increase. Whoa. 57. So they're feeling safer to come closer to, which is great. Um, It's an incredible recovery for Australia's humpbacks whose population mysteriously crashed in 1961. So Mm -hmm. that wasn't related, we don't think, to whaling. That's weird though, that it was mysterious. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, good though. Yeah. That is good news. I like it. I like it too. All right. So it is August. August. What's our theme this month? Best friends. Besties. (laughs) I thought it would be super cute if we focused on animals that had a relationship like me and you. Yeah. Like friends and, and we do good things for each other. Also known in science as a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. But we're just going to call it bestie month. Bestie month. (laughs) And that is why we are science communicators because symbiotic sounds a lot more boring. Yeah, it does. (laughs) And we're not here for boring. (laughs) No, we are here for cool and weird as always. Yeah. So the first pair of besties. Cool and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are doing, well, go ahead. Why don't you go first? So I got the carrier crab and I did the upside down jellyfish. An unlikely pair. It is. Mm -hmm. But they always look very magical when you see them walking around together. They look like they're meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to talk about the carrier crab first and then I'll talk a little bit about what it does for the jellyfish. Okay. So there's not really much known about the carrier crab for how weird and fun they are. Um, it's called the Doribe Frascone. I don't oh. think it sounds that Italian. I just made it that Italian. Like that's Italian as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think it could also be the Doribe Frascone, but mm, I like a... to add the E's at the end because it was written there. Yeah. Uh, it's also known as the urchin crab because they do like to carry um, urchins. The collectors, <gasps> they like collectors urchins a lot. Collectors oh. urchins and the jellies are their two favorite. It's a really small species of crab in the family Doripidae. It was first described scientifically by J.F.W. Herbst in 1785. It's a good last name. That is a good last name. Herbst. Good for you, guy. Um, It's found mainly in the Red Sea, which, you know, I love, and parts of the Western and Eastern Indian Ocean. It often has a symbiotic relationship with a long-spined sea urchin, the collector's urchins, upside-down jellyfish, or even starfish. What? Yeah, they'll carry around a little starfish on their carapace, but it's funny because you don't realize how flat they are because they always have a a, a circle animal on top, but when it's a flat starfish, they look so small. That's adorable that they love carrying stuff so much. (laughs) They're like, come with me, buddy. (laughs) It's so adorable. Uh, The urchin crab is brownish pink in color and grows to a length of about five centimeters. They're little. Little cute guys. That's interesting. Very small. Um, It has long stalked eyes, a round carapace, and long slender legs. 
It uses only the first two pair of legs, though, for locomotion. So they're only walking on two legs like humans. <laughs> they just drag in the other ones. Behind. Yeah. So, well, the reason they use the other ones is because the third and fourth pairs um, are used to grip the sea urchin or jelly. So they hold it, hold on to it. It's not like the animal just sticks to them. Uh, you see? So the front two pairs walk and then the other ones hold. <laughs> see the starfish on top? So Make sure to look these up, guys, because it's hilarious, mm-hmm. especially when the starfish is bigger than them. And they're walking with it on top of them. Um, It is similar in morphology to the jellyfish crab, um, but can be distinguished by the different invertebrae transported. So there's a couple of different types of carrier crabs, which Hmm. I found interesting. Um, But yeah, they like to carry a lot of different things. That's so funny. Yep. They can also resemble, if you've heard of a decorator crab, so like shiny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, those actually stick living creatures such as sponges, hydroids, and bryozoans, bits of algae, and even inert objects onto their shells. So they just put all the things, not just a couple of animals. Just little interior decorators. <laughs> That's so cute. They're so cute. There's seriously though, I don't know why more people aren't studying them because I couldn't find anything about like their reproduction. I couldn't find anything about their populations. Really not much known about these guys for how adorable they are. I guess this is a call to all the marine biologists listening. Yeah. Study these guys. They're cute guys. Um, so like I said, found mostly in the Red Sea and off the coast of East Africa, including Mozambique and Cargados Carajos and Atoll. Oh, that's an atoll northeast of Mauritius. Oh, I follow a dive guy on Instagram. It's Abdul. It's like Ash, A-S-H period Abdul. And he does trips to Mauritius to see the sperm whales. Uh-huh. And his videos are incredible. He only has like six up and he already has thousands of followers. Let's go do that. It's amazing. I'm sure it's so expensive. Yeah, I believe he's from <laughs> Egypt. I think he's from Cairo. Cool. But yeah. Huh. If anybody wants to drop him a follow, if you want to be in Mauritius and see, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Mauritius. It seems right. Yeah. But if you want to go and see carrier crabs and sperm whales, that's a place. Which we do. Yeah um okay so like i said it's usually red urchin there are there is um, a couple of different urchins who they like to carry besides the jellyfish usually a red urchin uh, but they also like the black long-spined urchin or the banded diadem urchin so they have like favorites of these animals that they like to have on their back i love that isn't that funny that really is. Uh, I know. These specific urchins have long, hollow spines and may provide protection to the crab by reducing the risk of predation on fish while not being too heavy to carry. Because remember, they're small. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the urchin obtains benefits by being transported to new feeding grounds. Even large and mobile individuals submit passively to being carried this way uh-huh. for the urchins. And so, like I said, they also like the upside down jellyfish, right? So, um, it's kind of the same idea where they'll put the jellyfish on its back. This species of crab, it frequently carries objects as a form of camouflage. So the jellyfish, you're not even going to see it under the jelly, but it can also protect it from predators because of the little stingies, right? Um, And then I'll let you talk about the, I won't ruin the jellyfish part of it, but I just thought that that was cute that both of them, they're like, hey, I literally got your back. I literally do. I'll move you. You keep me safe. You all know how much we love sharks. We also love protecting them. And a big way to do that is to make sure we are shopping for shark tooth jewelry responsibly. 
We've learned a lot about this on our podcast, and Silver Finco is the perfect jewelry maker for all your shark jewelry needs and wants. All teeth at Silver Finco are ethically and responsibly sourced by Val, scuba shark tooth finder extraordinaire. Her pieces are absolutely perfect for everyday wear, and she has many different styles to choose from. She takes the badassness of a shark tooth and creates beautiful feminine necklaces, bracelets, anklets, rings, and earrings to go with everything, and are even fully swimmable so you can add a little extra style to your water woman life. Use code MERMAID10 at silverfinco.squarespace.com and check her out on Instagram at silverfinco to keep in the know about all the newest styles. You can also just follow me because you can be damn sure I'll be wearing her stuff all the time. Oh, so cute. Okay, so cute. cute. Let's continue the adorableness. Yes. So I'm talking about the upside down jellyfish, aka the Cassiopeia. Oh, that's a pretty name. I know. What do we know that from? The stars. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) The Cassiopeia is a genus of true jellyfish and the only member of the family Cassiopeidae. Oh, so just all alone. Um, They're found in warmer coastal regions around the world, including shallow mangrove swamps, mudflats, canals, and turtle grass flats in Florida. Hmm. Um, The Caribbean and Micronesia are also on their list. So the Medusa stage or the sexually mature jellyfish stage usually lives upside down on the bottom, which has earned them their name. Yeah. So they're not upside down their whole lives. Oh. Once they get sexually mature, then they flip upside down. Interesting. Yeah. Um, they do also have a symbiotic relationship with a photosynthetic dinoflagellate. What is that? Um, I'm imagining like a glowing dinosaur. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like an algae okay so they're just since they're upside down this thing's getting a lot of sun anyway so the light pet they must lie upside down in areas with sufficient light penetration to fuel their energy source oh so they're getting energy Mm. where found they may be numerous individuals with varying shades of white blue green and brown oh so they're all kinds of colors um, they do have a mild sting like you said since they're primary um primarily photosynthetic synthetic yeah photosynthetic yeah that one (laughs) but sensitive individuals may have a stronger reaction actually so i'll talk about that later the stronger reaction part okay the photosynthesis occurs because like most corals they host zooxanthellae in their tissues so that's the stinging oh okay um they're also found in cellular masses called cassiosomes excreted in a mucus and people swimming near jellyfish might come in contact with these and get stung and that's what happens to us here i don't know if it's it's not these guys specifically but we've talked a lot about how when we're diving we constantly swim into these like invisible sting fields yeah like i got a really bad one on my lip i think i was swimming with you Uh uh-huh and it was like i don't see a jellyfish i know there's not one around totally invisible it's totally invisible and it can be the excretion from jellyfish near you so they can be dangerous i'm not dangerous but they can sting you jelly slime yeah jelly slime wow i know i know yeah yuck (laughs) i've been stung many times without there being a jellyfish near me yeah and you feel it like all over your body yeah super weird um, so the stings appearing in the form of a red rash-like skin irritation are known for being really, really itchy, okay. especially for this jellyfish. 
Um, sometimes it's picked up by the crab you talked about no. and, um, the crab uses the jellyfish to defend itself from possible predators mm. and the jellyfish uses it to just catch the sun. Get more sunshine. Yeah, it's, it's tanning. It's tanning. <laughs> Um, okay, certain species of the Cassiopeia have been observed to enter a sleep state, which is cool. So they exhibit just decreased pulsation rate, reduced responsiveness to stimuli, and compensa- compensatory rebound sleep after deprivation. And that is the first ever animal with no central nervous system to ever be observed sleeping. What? Isn't that wild? Weird. No. I guess that would make like why do they need this? Why do they need to rest? It's not like they have a lot of things they're, going on. They're like literally laying on the back of the crab doing all the work. Yeah. But they sleep. <laughs> huh. I don't get it. I don't either. That's a cool fact. Yeah. Snapple. Snapple fun fact. I like it. Some jellyfish sleep. <laughs> so did I hit on what you were gonna say about the symbiotic relationship? Uh yeah. Okay. It was pretty much that they get I think that I wrote down the same thing that you did about the algae. Um the upside down jellyfish has the symbiotic algae in its tentacles and mm-hmm. that's why they need the sunlight. And so the crabs are known to like the shallow areas as well. So they both inhabit the same places. But you know, if there's a shadow and you got your buddy underneath moving, he's yeah. gonna help you get out of the shadow. I feel like the crab gets more out of this because he gets the protection. Yeah. I wonder if there's a correlation between him picking up the spiky urchins and the stinging jellyfish. But the sea, sea stars don't do anything. Like there's I think no it's real... just camouflage. Mm. So it's like just any form of ca- they just evolved to have something on their backs to keep them safe. So they just want to grab something. That's so cute. Just grab a buddy. I kind of love this crab. They got your back, Jack. <laughs> Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Thank you.